0: Welcome everyone to episode 40 of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with Nick Tartaglia. Nick, how are you, man?
1: Not about yourself, man. we uh, It's a nice day, so it's going to be a nice conversation to go with a good day today.
0: I think so. And it's really going to build off uh, the current macro themes that are surrounding this crazy world that we're a part of right now. Mm-hmm. Cryptocurrencies, exactly. silver, gold, copper, precious metals, base metals, mm-hmm whole shebang. We might even talk about all coins today. Um, demand is there. And I think it's fair to say that uh, there's been, there's the, the, the disruption as well on its way. So um, we've got a very interesting guest with, with, uh, here with us today. Um, coming out of Dubai tonight, which is very, very awesome. Uh, this gentleman is an independent financial advisor and analyst, as well as a consultant, trader and investor. Um, He's got over 20 years of experience in the financial markets and specializes in precious metals, cryptocurrencies, technical analysis. He currently publishes weekly gold, silver, and cryptocurrency analysis for his numerous international readers and followers. He's currently running a large telegram channel and a crypto signal service as well. He's well known for combining technical, fundamental, and sentiment analysis into one accurate conclusion about the markets. Very interesting stuff. And since April, 2019, he's the chief editor of the Cash Rooks Gold newsletter, focusing on gold and silver mining stocks. On the side, he's also a music producer and a a producer and a composer. And for the last 25 years, he's been professionally creating, writing and producing more than 300 songs. Um, He's currently running his own record label as well called Cryon uh, Music and Arts Production. And his artist name is Flor Zeno. Welcome to the New Gen Mindset podcast. Florian Grumas. Thanks. Thank you for having me.
1: Perfect. So Florian, to start off the conversation we always like to get a little bit of a story and history of the person that we have on just to be able to contextualize where they came from and how they got into the world of finance, trading and investment. So can you just talk about your development in this industry and where you come from and how, what shaped your development?
2: Sure, sure. Um, Yeah. So uh, as you already said, I'm basically, I'm coming from music. So um, I started as a, DJ in the early 90s and then realized that I wanted to do my own music and not only playing other people's records. So mid, mid of the 90s, I would spend basically all my time behind my Atari computer back then and a little sampler and um, created music and I became step-by-step step successful. I studied uh, audio engineering. And um, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, I, I was really involved in the music business and um, with some luck managed to um, got into the production of a few uh, number one hits in Germany. So I didn't write them. Uh, I basically was the engineer in the studio, but still it allowed me a start into being self-employed. So I, I basically started my own production company and um, it was, was a very good start for me. And yeah, of course you put the, the money on the in the bank, right? You mm-hmm. just bring it to your bank and you think the guys will take care of. And um, um, I quickly had to realize that this was not the truth. So um, as you might know, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, the internet boom, and then the burst of that bubble. And um, that basically affected me quite a lot because yeah, the, the bank had, they put me in positions I had no clue about in the end of the day. Mm. Back then it was all about making music and um, it was a very painful experience actually. And um, I made the decision to take this in my own hands. And um, um, I had no real clue about financial markets. I mean, I was always interested a little bit in the stock market. Basically, I think I bought my first stock in 1995. So and who was it? These years ago already. it was
1: yeah do you remember who uh, your first purchase was
2: yeah it was the deutsche Telekom, the german telecom which went up 10 times (laughs) i was super lucky basically and uh, the day i wanted to sell like intuitively i had no clue why but i thought like wow this went up so much Mm -hmm. it's time to sell so i i went to the bank back then you would go there in person right you wouldn't call somebody or send an email that, that didn't exist so you went there in person i talked to the guy nice guy actually young guy but he probably didn't have any clue either so um he talked me out of that sale so he he said i should continue to hold and um actually in in hindsight this was exactly the top in march 2000 deutsche Telekom was trading around 100 euros i think um, and i had bought around 10 or 13 so um i listened to him i didn't sell and then the next time i checked That was probably, I don't know, maybe a week or two weeks later or something, or the stock had gone down to 90 or 89 or something. And then, of course, uh, if you have no clue, you you tell yourself, no, 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 now I'm not going to sell. It was 100, (laughs) I'm not selling at 90. So the thing kept moving lower, of course, after the burst of the the bubble and I basically managed to give back most of the profits, <laughs> in that No. which was a crazy experience because it was really quite a decent amount of money for me back then. And that was one of the experiences that um, basically led me to the decision to, to take this in my own hands. Um, this was still early days of the internet. So there was no YouTube videos or like like things would we record right now no way. Mm. You could get some books, maybe, or some audio cassettes, tapes, basically, listen to some guys. Um, But um, yeah, I I decided to take this in my own hands. So that meant uh, reading a lot of books, going to workshops. Um, I I basically hired a a coach, a trading coach in America, Van Tharp. He's Mm. been uh, featured in the Market Wizards by Jack Schwager, And um, step-by-step, I learned more and more. I also really got fascinated by technical analysis, but still, it took many, many years to <laughs> to become actually uh, successful with it. Because um, uh, yeah, trading, investing, financial markets is very difficult. It's very challenging. It's probably one of the hardest thing that you can choose, and um, it's counterintuitive. No, so whenever everybody around you is cheering and walking in the same direction. It feels safe. It feels good,
0: but it's actually the wrong. Mm. It's the total opposite. Mm -hmm. It's the total opposite.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, um, the more, the more sure you feel about something, probably it's, it's the wrong Mm. decision. So, um, uh, the, the, the whole psychological part of it got me very fascinated. But, but again, it's been a long journey. I mean, this is like nearly 20 years ago and, um, I was lucky in hindsight that um, my grandfather who i never met because he died three months after my birth in 1975 but he left me a a a letter with a rare american gold coin and he wrote that this should be the foundation of my future wealth wow and my father handed that over to me when i was at least he showed it to me when i was probably six or seven and I was i was super impressed by that kind of message and so Already as a little boy, somehow intuitively, subconsciously, maybe I knew that at some point I would need a bolt full of gold in Switzerland. (laughs) So I was very open-minded to precious metals in 2001, 2002. And I remember that was also one reason why I really decided to take uh, finances in my own hand. When I asked the bank that I wanted to buy some gold, they were looking at me like, are you nuts? What do you want with gold, Mr. Rumus? So they tried to talk me out of that too. but I basically listened to what my my grandfather wrote to me, and um, yeah, back then there was there was no dealers or websites where you could compare prices and check online. I mean, now in Germany it's a highly professional uh, business, basically with lots of dealers and websites where you can compare the best prices for coins and bars. And back then, nothing uh, like this was available, so. I bought my first and I think, for less than 300 euros on eBay. <laughs> and, and and when I got it, I, I was really impressed how heavy the coin actually was. And um, it looked nice. And yeah, and it step-by-step draw me more and more into precious metals. And um, yeah, when you start studying uh, about gold, it also means that you start studying about the history mm. uh, of money, the history yeah. of mankind, and suddenly a whole new world opens up And you talk about the last 5000 years and Mm. all the wars and all the crazy, crazy things that have have happened, basically. Um, And yeah, I I was completely fascinated and that basically continued over the years. And um, yeah, at some point, um, then, of course, you look also in mining stocks and you start trading gold and that basically yeah that was that developed
1: the start of my that journey. developed how much how so because i was looking i was looking at the van Tharp, and i was very very fascinated to see that someone with such a psychological background was involved in the in the world of trading which 100% makes sense because when you start dab, dabbling in the world of finance and trading you start realizing how much your psychology is always getting tested and messes with you so I found it fascinating that he created this. So like, is there anything that you learned from it that you could share with us that stood out to you and that stuck with you?
2: Oh, there, there's so much. <laughs> it's hard, hard to, to say where you, you, you start or what's the most important thing. But um, one thing that he's really good in is, first of all, that you need to learn to embrace basically the randomness of markets and events. And then... Uh, Also, building basically kind of a systematic approach um, and also I think the focus on position sizing. uh, Is a very, very important part of it and in general, I mean you can say that at least 80% of your success is psychology. It's not about the the market itself. It's not about what you buy which sector you are in when or when you buy yourself it's primarily psychology and that means. How disciplined are you how patient are you how well prepared are you are you actually having a plan at all or are you just doing mm. spur of the momentum moment decisions right um i mean there's so many things uh, that he really features very good and i went through i think most of his workshops some of them i did two or three times actually i mm. i went a few times to to america to to be there in person in his workshops now i think he offers a lot online
1: yeah. I saw there's a lot online now on YouTube.
2: And um, I think the, 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 the best and, and most profound course that he's offering is the peak performance home study course. It's like five books that you have to work through. And, and uh, um, I think it uh, comes together with a few audio tapes or CDs or now MP3s. Um, so I can just really, is a strong recommendation to do this, but you have to Except that you will have to face yourself, right? You have to answer mm-hmm. questions to the guy you look at in the mirror. <laughs> it really is. It really yeah, is a
1: one-on-one man type of game.
2: Yeah, no, with yourself in the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, because because your whole life, I mean, you you basically at some point copy what your parents are doing, or you're doing exactly the opposite, right? And as a little kid, you are not able to consciously choose about what they're showing you, whether it's good or wrong. You just repeat it or go against it, usually. <laughs> so, um, and, and then, yeah, you quickly learn how, how your parents were basically treating money, what were the discussions, how did they talk about it. And um, then also, of course, your friends, teachers in school play an important role. Um, and this all basically ends up and shows up in your trading and investment decisions. So, um, it's really important to free yourself of all this crap that you basically learned through, through, through your
0: early years. It's so, it's so fascinating too, because when you look back at sort of, you know, your, your earlier years or like when you're in high school and stuff, like I subconsciously sometimes have like flashbacks of situations of like behaviors and stuff. And then it kind of, like you said, it kind of transcends into like future life. And if you kind of, you know, it's it's always a battle with yourself, and you have to break those habits. So, I guess for you, when you were younger, right? Because you started off, you know, running your your music business, um, that did that did really well. Like what when when you when when the dot com bubble happened, and you had seen, you know, the carnage that had ensued. Like what was the one habit that you really identified in that moment and you said, I really need, besides the fact that you said, I'm going to take, you know, financial matters Control, into my own yeah. hand, what about the psychology did you have to change in that particular instance to really say, okay, I'm going to get to that next level?
2: Well, this has been a long journey, you know, and uh, I think now comparing myself to the one that I was 20 years ago, yeah. I think the most important uh, change is patience and um, being able to tap into that feeling of abundance and connect myself with it on more or less a constant basis, at least uh, often enough that I can draw more of it into my life. So um, uh, I think that's the most important thing. And, and, and uh, if, if we are honest, most of the time through our parents, teachers, school, our environment, TV, mainstream media, et cetera, it's all the focus on scarcity, you know?
1: Yeah, and, the law of scarcity, yes, exactly.
2: And, and that's not very helpful. You need to be focusing on, on the good things in life anyway, because uh, like, uh, I think one of the important takeaways is mind creates matter. So your thoughts create your life in the end of the day. And um, it's always the first step in the chain. The first thing is the thought, and then you connect it with the feeling. And if, if you do this unconsciously, it's an uh, emotion, and you are afraid. You fear comes in, or greed, or whatever. If you do it consciously, you can actually draw everything in your life that you want on, on the good thing, on the good side. But um, yeah, I think um, mind creates matter means you really trust that there is enough. For everyone, And especially for yourself that you do deserve it right because as a as a child, you usually often learned there's not enough uh, money doesn't grow on trees, I'm bankrupt, whatever your parents told you, we don't have the money you cannot we cannot afford it, don't do this, etc, um, etc, et but in trading and investing you really need to come from that kind of trusting uh, uh, environment where, where you're not chasing the markets anymore because you have enough already you know if you run behind the train because you missed the entry and the stock is running off to new highs and you wouldn't run behind the bus when you missed it Mm -hmm. but people run behind the markets all the time and this is so dangerous and the the psychology yeah and if you introduce really the thought that there is enough and you just wait for the next opportunity Mm -hmm. And it shows up all the time. I mean, there's so many opportunities every day that you can make money in the markets. Um, and, and, and really digging into that kind of feeling and that kind of like attitude. And it's a spiritual journey in the end of the day. Um, um, then it's at some point really easy to, to create an abundant life. And um, unfortunately, most of the time people doing exactly the opposite. And yeah. then, they introduce a lot of fear and greed and stress, and then you yeah, focus yeah. on loss, on missed opportunities. Other people have more than myself. I have to pay all the bills, uh, et, cetera, et cetera, You know. So um, yeah, that's I think, uh, and and these kind of things uh, definitely started uh, maybe 15 years ago or a little bit longer when 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 I went to Van Tharp's workshops. Um, there is a certain Big part of it is exactly about what we just talked.
1: The psychology, because at the end of the day, we are human beings and we are heavily driven by our either unconscious or conscious mind. So, and it, it, it makes sense that we have to become more conscious of ourselves in order to reflect that behavior in the game of trading or investing, because you'll make mistakes and you want to make sure those mistakes don't reflect in the pre and the next decisions you make you know, because then it becomes dead weight and dead weight, never, you know, dead baggage relationships. It, 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 there's similarities in every aspect of our life. We always coordinate dead baggage. Don't bring dead baggage into a new relationship. Don't bring past experiences into a new relationship. Like it, it, it all aligns those type of philosophies. Exactly. So, so if we were to look at 2020 and now into 2021, like what has stood out to you? What is on your mind? Like, what are you worried about? What was the biggest wow moments to you of the last year? Because obviously, it's been a big year.
2: <laughs> well, the biggest moment, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of it. Of course, I mean, the move in crypto is is yeah. amazing. It's really amazing. Um, I don't know how long this will and, and can continue, but uh, <laughs> I don't see any long-term top in Bitcoin right now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we might definitely have a nasty pullback at some point, maybe around the 60K-ish level wouldn't be a surprise. I think uh, from the last bull market, we know that uh, 25 to 40% drawdowns happen on the way higher. So um, I think we, we will see one in, in, in rather the next few weeks. And um, then this will be a panic event for most of the people. Uh, probably either uh, they all have missed the train or they are heavily leveraged <laughs> until mm-hmm. the roof. And um, you want to hold at least a, a, a decent cash position in that situation right now where you will be then able to take advantage of a pullback, right? Because um, there is only one principle to make money in the markets and that is to have to buy low and sell high. It's, mm-hmm. Actually, very simple in theory. Yeah. <laughs> in, in 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 practical, practical terms, yeah. it's very challenging to figure out: is it high or is it low? And that again is always an individual answer, right? Because it depends on your time frame. Are you a day trader? Are you a swing trader? Are you a mid to longer term buy and hold investor? And then uh, low means a different thing. Um, so, um, but but. I, I'm very impressed what what's going on in the in the crypto space, especially also in DeFi. I mean, uh, not only the the the, the price advantage uh, advances that we've seen in many of those coins, but just the speed and um, the. the the, the 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 projects and and like is so exciting and uh, i mean it's unbelievable
1: <laughs> are you experiencing that same energy in europe and where you like where you're working because I, I mean we feel i feel it in north america but because i don't have eyes really in europe i can't tell what's happening over there
2: well uh, i mean due to the the whole lockdown situation yeah. it's it's difficult to hang out with people uh, right now in germany that's also a reason why i'm in dubai okay um i think that generally you can say that the the, the, the how can i say the, the frequency or the the, yeah, the, the momentum. Vibration on the planet okay. is, has okay. definitely speed up okay? okay um and um yeah I mean, you see lots of interesting projects. You can um, not only see see it in the price, but also in the volume. Um, and um, no, I think it's exciting. I mean, there's something really big cooking and I think are if you, you connect yeah, the bigger yeah. picture with it, um, not only now just focusing on, on altcoins or DeFi coins, but um, yeah, I mean, it could really be that mankind is on, on the verge of, of waking up to, to a next step, right? Because this idea of decentralization and um, basically getting rid of a central unity that is dictating everybody else what is money and how they have to behave and what they have to do, um, that could catapult mankind into a completely different uh, new future and dimension. Um, but uh, we're seeing, I think, uh, strong forces who trying to to push mankind in a different direction. No? So many people have no clue what's going on in altcoins and Bitcoin. And maybe they see sometimes the price, and then whoa, it's another 10k higher. But um, they they have no clue what's going on. They just listen to the, to the government. Stay at home. Don't do anything. Um, and wait until we tell you that you allowed to go out of your room or your house yeah. again. Um, it's a very interesting kind of setup at the moment and uh, because you ask i mean i'm not really afraid of anything in in that sense but it it is also a little bit scary i have to say because the 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 great reset agenda is definitely not a good one and Mm -hmm. um um, i just hope that enough people wake up and and make sure that this is not happening so um george i think would throw us back into a dark middle age.
0: It, it, it Well, and I think George Carlin also said something. He's a, he's a comedian. He passed away a couple of decades ago now. He, he always said, never underestimate the power of, of a group of stupid people together, right? So um, it, it, it's, it's a force that needs to be paid attention to. Um, I find the interesting part with crypto right now, though, and I think Nick and I, we talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. is I get notifications on my phone that say, this coin is up. This coin is up 30%. This coin is up. And I'm just thinking about Elon
1: Musk getting involved. (laughs) So, so there's all this hype
0: around it. Right. And I think all of us here right now can really agree that, okay, this thing is here to stay. There's no question about it. There is a value associated to it. The unlimited printing of federal debt all over the world is cause for concern. It's, it's going to destroy, you know, any type of purchasing power in the future, but to anybody who's new to the space to anybody that's seeing what's going on what would you tell them right now to say take it easy you have an opportunity but what else would you tell them to kind of just calm them down
1: and to add to that like like where do you find people can find like f- solid ground like because i i feel like the crypto space is a little like the, a chaotic uh storm in the ocean and you're not really grounded anywhere. So it's really hard to really narrow in on what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. So I don't know if you have like thoughts on that as well.
2: Yeah, I, I think generally you, you need to find it in yourself. So um, like this kind of like point where you find the trust and the confidence and also the balance. And um, I think meditation is, is a great tool. So I just can strongly recommend that. Um, I don't listen too much to any news. I don't have a lot of Twitter alerts or anything going on, because <laughs> it's just too distracting. You know, um, you you wanna you wanna stay on your own focus. And and um, there is lots of opportunity out there. Yes, you need to learn about the right tools and the right strategies. And there are good sources. I mean, we said already, Mentarb is a good way to go to. I think yeah. we in our Telegram channel certainly have. a a nice uh, good attitude and a good vibe uh, where you can also look over the shoulders of professional traders making money constantly in the markets. Mm. Reading good books obviously is is very helpful, following a few people that have good resources. Um, If I want to be up to date, I I listen to Ivan on tech, I think he has very good interviews just to get like the latest developments also more from a fundamental perspective and um, And then I look at charts. I mean, the beauty about technical analysis really is that everything is in there, you know, like whatever Elon Musk or anybody else is saying or doing, you see it in the chart. There's all the informations are inside the chart. And if you follow that principle of buy low, sell high, you, you need to wait for pullbacks. And, um, I personally don't have the time to sit in front of the screens the whole day, especially now that I have two little kids. <laughs> um, so I, I really think that one of the best approaches, especially also for, for people who don't have so much experience is just put low limit orders into the market and don't constantly look at the screens and figure out in the moment, do I have to buy, sell, hold or do nothing? You know That's already a very complicated, decision so i do my homework i figure out i like that coin or that stock or whatever it is and then i look at charts and and try to find out where would it be cheap enough for me to to buy it i mean right now we are in a strong uptrend in crypto so you need to wait for pullbacks Mm. am i be able to sit in front of the, the the screen 24 hours waiting for a pullback of course not so at some point i will probably get impatient and just buy something whatever it looks good right now or I I would just forget about it and then uh, at some point realizing oh this train has left without me so I put limit orders into the market and mm-hmm. um, making sure that the the position sizing is always uh, in, of that size that I'm not uh, getting emotionally affected at all so it's rather small positions um, and and then you just wait if the market comes by and and and, uh, and fills your order or not. And sometimes it's happened wonderfully sometimes uh, the, the limit maybe was a little bit too high or too low, you didn't get filled, but it's okay. I'm, I'm not stressed around it. And usually, I mean, for example, that it, let's assume Bitcoin goes maybe to around 60. And then we get a pullback towards 50, 45 forty-five-ish, something like this, you put various limit orders between 50 and 45. And maybe a few of them will get filled, maybe all of them. And then you have your position instead of now sitting behind the screen, oh my God, I'm missing out or it's running behind me. Should I sell, should I buy, what should I do? And this takes away a lot of this emotional pressure. And um, usually our brain cannot um, process so much information all the time. So. You really need to make a step back take it easy and get in charge of it you know you need to be in charge of it and not the market because the market will throw you around like crazy so um but this takes uh humbleness as well right because most of the time the ego is in the way wants to do something immediately now i have this to do and the market is leaving without me i need to be inside oh my god and that is not the good and right approach so um but this obviously takes time. Um, Again, meditation, I think, is one of the best ways if you want to relax a little bit more and find more of a balance.
1: Are there other coins other than Bitcoin that you're specifically focused on, like for right now, or that you see in your horizon that you could be paying attention to?
2: I'm paying attention to a a lot. Um, Okay. I I mean, Bitcoin is the proxy for the whole sector. It's the one that most of the people have heard of. And I think it's also probably the, the safest of, of them all, though, because with most of the altcoins, it's, it's very difficult to sit through a crypto winter um, and the pullbacks will be even larger than in Bitcoin. But uh, I think for example, Ethereum is still undervalued. If you look where Bitcoin is now, uh, I think Bit, uh, Ethereum should trade at least at $2,300 or $2,500 already. Um, a few of the other altcoins that we know from the last bull run, I could say the same uh, about them and I especially like all the DeFi coins So um, There's a lot of very interesting coins. Uniswap has been amazing over the last few months. Um, uh, Cardano finally uh, 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 finally came back to life and had a really nice run. I mean, most of these coins are up three four five six percent over the last it's really wild it's really it's really fascinating and this whole decentralized finance world where you have a decentralized exchange and you cannot shut this down anymore you know and um, you see the beauty of uh, free market and in, in full yeah. action um, there's so many things going on and the speed is unbelievable and um um, no, I'm, I mean, from that perspective, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, very impressed, uh, again about mankind, how, how great and how fast and how, how, how many different facets, basically you can see in a, such a short uh, period of time. Right? And, um, looking down from here, five to 10 years, this would be amazing if this continues. You know?
0: I totally agree probably on the, like in
2: the, in the, in the early mid nineties, in, in, if you compare it to the internet, you know, Yeah. so. Will Less than 5% on this planet, uh, uh, 5% of the people on this planet have Bitcoin, probably not even 1%. I don't know the exact number right now, but um, the adoption will be huge. So um, I think it's the most exciting sector right now. Um, But of course, at some point, this bull run will will be over as well. And then we might be in for a few months or maybe even one, two, three years of uh, correction, crypto winter, um, but we are not there yet. I think we still have a few months at least.
0: <laughs> it sure feels like it too. I think that, uh, again, people are waking up. There's more more stimulus being pumped into the system. So what else are people going to do, right? Their immediate reaction is, um, here's my check. Let me put it into the market. Let me buy a little bit of Bitcoin. Um, and this kind of brings us to my next question, which is, you know, we're, we, we've got an economy now, I think globally, that's so dependent on stimulus, right? Mm. And central
1: planning and everything. It's, it's, so- all,
0: it's all based on how much leverage you have or, you know, how much stimulus is being pumped in and that's what's gonna cause sort of the economic growth, right? Um, and I know that you're in the precious metal space. So what's the one thing, I guess, that really stands out between, you know, precious metals and crypto, and then what's the one thing that you're just like, okay, it's actually good to have both simultaneously and just hold both of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's been my mantra for the last uh, five, six, seven years. Um, I never understood this kind of like fight between the gold box and the Bitcoin maximalists. It's, mm-hmm. it's bullshit, honestly. <laughs> um, if, if they would stick together and help each other mm-hmm. and, and support each other, we could be probably much further ahead already. So um, because those are the two kind of group of people that understand actually what's going Mm -hmm. on. So I think in terms of gold, you need to be aware that that gold has a 5,000 year old track record has always been money and um, it works without electricity. It works without the internet and it is uh, not leaving any traces as long as you buy it physically with cash over the counter. So um, that's I think something very valuable in today's time um and so i'm i'm not in the camp selling all my gold for bitcoin um um yet again you also have to understand that, that bitcoin has uh, a few features and characteristics that are definitely superior to gold and so i want to have both i think they they're a beautiful duo or beautiful they they complement each other very well and um I I mean, it's in the end of the day, again, an individual question in terms of asset allocation, how much percentage you want to put in gold, silver, and how much you want to put in Bitcoin. And uh, I I think this is always the question, how comfortable are you with each of the asset classes and how how well do you understand them? So um, somebody who's completely new to Bitcoin, of course, shouldn't put 10% of his net worth into Bitcoin. Better start with fifty bucks or a hundred bucks and try to figure out and learn as much as, as you can until you feel more secure and uh, and know actually what's going on because in the crypto world there is so much scam going on it's unbelievable so you have to be really careful. Um, Do you?
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. No, what I was gonna say was playing back on the whole combination you said of where Bitcoin people and gold people tend to be kind of they they're they're the middle ground in terms of their philosophy and understanding of certain things. Do you think that one of the necessary conditions for crypto to thrive like Bitcoin is a decentralized overall market environment where you don't have centralized planning from an economic perspective. You really have a free market and that free market engagement would then allow crypto and Bitcoin to thrive the way it would because then you don't have a central planner that can prohibit or regulate or ban that type of progression.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what's going on right now in in crypto. And that basically was the the reason why crypto has been created, right? I mean, why Bitcoin has been created. Um, I think it's... uh, What you need to understand is that uh, the internet basically bought the decentralization of information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. That was the base layer. Um, And that look, The the, the, the life today is completely different than 30 years ago. I, I still grew up in the analog times. Uh, it's not only that during my studies as an audio engineer, I had to cunt, cut uh, old band uh, tapes, you know, like with the old band machine. It's something that people don't don't know anymore about it, um, but. Um, Yeah, I mean, you used to remember 20 telephone numbers of your friends because we had old analog telephones. I don't remember any
0: of those. I had had the phone phone book. (laughs) I had the phone book. I remember my grandparents too. (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. So um, life has completely changed due to this decentralization of information and knowledge. You can look up everything in the internet. Yes, Mm -hmm. you have to understand that you have to check the information that you get there. It's not that you can simply believe everything that wikipedia for example writes so you have to double check at least once or twice probably five times to be really sure that you don't uh, uh, listen to some some faked information or kind of like how you framed information <laughs> so um, but uh, information is available and, and and 50 60 years ago you you needed to go to a library to search days and weeks for the right book and then another few, few days until you found what you needed in the book. So um, that is the base layer, the decentralization of, of, of uh, knowledge and information. And based on that, Bitcoin basically uh, brings the decentralization of, of uh, power and control by decentralizing the money system. And um, um, I think that central bankers are, have to be scared. And I, I, it's gonna be very interesting at some point if they try to regulate it and how they Mm -hmm. try to regulate it and if they really can regulate it. So um, what we've seen so far uh, back in 2017, uh, when the Chinese government tried Mm -hmm. to basically ban crypto mining and and a few things, uh, within two days the whole trading volume moved to South Korea. Bitcoin Mm -hmm. dropped from 5k to 3k. Uh, People realized that they cannot stop it and that basically uh, was the final Push for Bitcoin to move towards 20K. Um, this is now f- three and a half years ago. Uh, India also tried to kind of like regulate and ban crypto, it didn't work out. Mm. And um, you can see that uh, the, the Federal Reserve and also the ECB in Europe, they're trying to, to push a, a digital central bank kind of money and they're talking about regulating Bitcoin. Um, but they haven't done anything yet because they know that if they do something really hard and strong and violent um, and that step doesn't work out then it's done (laughs) then everybody will realize like they have no chance against bitcoin bitcoin is unstoppable so i think they will try to do something gradually like introducing maybe higher taxes or a few regulations here and there and then start to increase it from there over the years that might be a plan like similar to look, when they first introduced taxes a hundred years ago, they, they were talking about 1%. <laughs>
0: Nowadays
2: <laughs> in Germany, you
1: pay 50% and more depending on how much money you make. In Quebec, it's about the same. We're at 53, the so highest 53%. marginal tax, 53 plus taxes on your consumer goods and every other tax. You know? 15, 15% sales tax too on everything. Yeah. So
2: a hundred years ago, people were fighting about a tax of 1%. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it, that could be maybe what's coming because again, if they make one violent step against Bitcoin and that step doesn't work out then they are really in big trouble so um, let's see, it's going to be very exciting
1: mm-hmm.
2: Bitcoin has been created to be unstoppable and exactly against all this uh, centralistic um, central bank policy uh, system So um, it's gonna be very interesting. And I think if Bitcoin really continues and it it is really unstoppable, um, yeah, in a few decades, we will look back at it and like the separation of state and religion nowadays should be completely obvious. 500 years ago, people were killing each other about that idea, right? So hopefully, I mean, that's the idea of Bitcoin to separate state and money and I think if this prevails, yeah, in a few decades, mankind will be in a completely different uh, new dimension where transparency and truth and honesty will bring us really to a completely new mm-hmm. form of life and living together in a, in a new form of society. And I think it will be for the better.
0: I'm, I've been following sort of the, because your, your, your background is in music as well when you first started and the concept of Ethereum working as smart contracts to help musicians kind of add that layer of transparency, you know, to their contract negotiations, whatever it may be. So um, I'm curious to know, are you looking to apply that to your music business, your music production business, or have you done more investing sort of on the trading side of Ethereum in particular, maybe just talk about Ethereum for, for our listeners as well.
2: Yeah, maybe I should add because I, I think that would have been actually interesting already in the introduction. Um, I realized in 2002 and uh, 2003 that my my income from my music went down quite significantly th- uh, thanks to MP3 and Napster. Um, you could really see it. And I mean, it was a brutal time for the music industry b- between 2002 and maybe 2010, 12-ish. And only in the last few years. Uh, the whole thing has kind of like stabilized. But then again, if you look at the payouts that you get from YouTube and from Spotify, it's just a nightmare. Uh, You get like 0.001 or zero zero point two, whatever from these payouts. And you need really thousands and thousands of streams just to, to make a dollar. And I think 1 million clicks on YouTube Uh, uh, will make you like a thousand dollars in terms of income with your music of course this is growing the more and more people use these kind of platforms but then again it's been a wild west in the music industry Uh, so lots of other production companies and record uh, labels have claimed my music on youtube and on other platforms uh, without having the rights you know it's Mm. they maybe had uh, the right to use the song on a compilation or something but certainly not to claim it on youtube and it's been actually really a nightmare because most often then it's not enough money to spend the day of work that you need to put in to figure out like who claimed it where do i have to send my claim and etc etc and then you're just like okay Okay. screw it it doesn't it's not worth my time you know but then again it's very frustrating because you see like lots of people sitting on my music making money with it and, and you don't get anything out of it so the need for for um, a, a, a better rights management uh, is definitely there. There's certainly a lot of interesting projects. Um, I have to be honest that I didn't look too much into specific music projects over the last two, three years because there was simply too many other things going on. But um, uh, Ethereum obviously is is, is 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 the perfect platform for that. And um, um, there are so many decentralized apps happening now. I think there's so many developers working on the Ethereum platform. And um, most of the the, the coins, uh, the altcoins that are coming out or in DeFi, it's all running on Ethereum. And um, I think Ethereum has a bright future. So you really want to make sure that you hold some uh, in in terms of the position size that you can sit through any pullback and kind of correction. Uh, just to, to have it because if you've done this with bitcoin over the last uh, seven eight years you would be very well off right now so yeah. um, um, just total some ethereum as well <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: the only
1: way to get through this crazy market eh? so ethereum would be like the silver to uh, gold type of is that at like moment,
0: you know
2: i think at the moment you can say it like this it could very well be that at some point uh, it would be, more, uh, it will be more, more valuable than Bitcoin, who knows? Um, I think it's super complex, honestly. I, I don't mm-hmm. understand it anymore. I mean, they made it so <laughs> complex and I haven't met any uh, programmer and coder recently who could really explain me what, what, what all the news are and, and, and where they're, uh, in which direction it's really going now. Mm-hmm. But I just see that there's so much happening on the Ethereum platform uh, and um i think it's it's another base layer and um yeah i mean again i mean it, 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 in a free market uh environment lots of different coins mm-hmm. platforms tokens approaches can exist
1: yeah. at the it's same the bartering time. It's, it's like yeah. a bartering system where yeah. you can uh, exchange whatever value of goods you desire within that free market environment
2: okay. it doesn't have to be one coin who who wins it all you know mm-hmm. we we believe that because we've seen it with Google and Facebook and Amazon. But then again, and this is very important, people have to understand that this was only possible because it was not a really free market type of environment because we had managed interest rates for many, many years. If we had free market interest rates over the last 25 years, Amazon had no chance to borrow so much money and basically report loss after loss for many, many years and still all the pension funds buying their bonds and all the people buying their stock because it wouldn't have been possible. So um, uh, it, you have to be very careful if you, if you use that comparison. No? Um, on the one hand, of course, you can see how fast and how powerful in the internet age things can become in a rather short period of time. But um, we, we have to remember that these uh, companies uh, had their eva- the advantage of uh, a managed interest rate environment. I think that's very important to understand. And um, I believe that in a free market in- environment like we have in crypto right now, mm-hmm. you see all these hundreds and thousands of different projects and it is confusing, no doubt about, but then again, the market will take care of it, and, yeah. and some of the best will make it, and some of the the, the, the the not so good projects they they will die at some point. Yes, we're in the
1: we're in the learning curve, the beginning of the learning curve of this decentralized financial crypto space. You know, there's going to be a lot of hiccups, a lot of mistakes, but that's like every industry and every sector throughout history. You've always had to go through those errors and mistakes to be able to adapt and innovate, especially if you want that space to really thrive long-term it has to experience failures for us to know where to fix it or else the free market will never be able to adapt. Right. So where do you, so what are some of your predictions in terms of your, from your technical analysis? Like, where do you see this going? Like (laughs) this is the billion dollar question, precious metals and crypto. (laughs) Like where will give me some, give us some of your predictions.
2: (laughs) And we haven't talked too much about gold and precious metals yet, no, but um, I think that, that Bitcoin uh, is very likely to move at least to 100k in this bull run my personal target, just on my technical analysis is around 320k.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but it will very likely be followed by a
0: violent reversal 100% yeah and. Um,
2: so I'm I'm I mean comparing the DeFi boom now with the ICO boom three years ago, I think DeFi is much more uh, interesting and has much more value in itself, and is much more of an advanced. Uh, how can I say? It? Like, it's it's a much more a need that is being served here. Uh, while the ICO was really just playing around and doing something with crypto, you know. Mm. um, um, But still, the pullbacks or the correction will be deep and and painful at some point. But I don't think we're there yet. But very likely, at some point during this year, we will see an important top in Bitcoin, at least for a year or two. So, yeah, 100K is a given 300K is still possible, and that would mean if Bitcoin goes to 300k, I think Ethereum could also go to 20k. Mm. Um, it's possible, um, but I, I I don't necessarily look look too much in, on on such pr- predictions. You know, I think it's more important that you take profits on the way higher. Mm-hmm. You need to have a systematic approach for that. So what we are really Always talking about in our channel, for example, is a quad exit strategy for my partner Kobe, where he constantly basically takes profits and, and, and the remaining position then basically becomes a long term buy and hold mm-hmm. position because you've done, taken out so much profits that you can easily sit through any larger pullbacks and crazy volatility.
0: The
1: risk off trade basically yeah. right it, it kind of brings equilibrium to your psychology also i find because you're less risk on from that from that exactly. act
2: it, it's exactly that it's to support your psychology you mm-hmm. know because um if it's a, a position that that you know i i have no risk in it anymore because mm-hmm. i took out my initial investment i even took some money on top out of it because i realized some gains the rest is free money mm-hmm. and you just let it run and suddenly it becomes much easier to, yeah. to just sit on your hands, do nothing and mm-hmm. let it run. And that's what you want to do in a crypto bull market. then, because mm-hmm. these things go much higher than anybody can imagine. But if what? you do this with a full position, it's going to be more difficult. <laughs> yeah. So that's anyway, the most important advice, I think, like keep the position sizing small. Whatever you do, uh, make it, in in such a size that you will be always mentally in charge of it that you can always lead the whole thing and that you're not becoming the slave of your position you know
1: yeah
0: the hardest part too is uh it's very easy to buy it's the hardest part is knowing when to sell um and i think over time because i started day trading about six and a half years ago when i first started i'm sure we were all susceptible to the biases and the hype and you know you you kind of go nuts if the the stock was down like 20 percent but you know, over the last six years, I've, I've understood if you make a hundred percent on a position, take out your costs, ride it out at that point, because like you said, the psychology kind of uh, calms you down in that situation. Um, I guess from a macro standpoint right now, um, we'll talk about precious metals real quickly. Cause I know we spent a lot of time talking about crypto here and they're both such fascinating topics on both ends. But um, recently there's been a lot of buying like physical buying of yeah. precious metals, like gold, silver, palladium, like there's shortages happening. I heard London had like the the, the bank of England had like a shortage of precious metals. Um, where does that market going? Right. Just from your perspective and from your yeah. experiences and like, what are you doing right now to kind of prepare for what I think Nick and I, and I think you'll agree to this is we're anticipating a pretty substantial bull market in the precious metal space.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I think we are in the bull market. Yeah, exactly. Basically, the bull market started in 2001 and and gold went from $250 to $1,900 within 10 years. Then we had a nasty uh, bear market, basically. Gold uh, retraced or pulled back 50%. And the low was in December 2015, so five years ago. And uh, since then... It took some time initially, it was kind of like a bottom building phase, was very slow in the beginning, but then uh, in August, 2018, that's basically where gold really started uh, the the, the last bull run. Um, And it started at 1160 and went up to 2075 within two years and it topped out last August. And for gold, such a move is really big. uh? Mm. I mean, we've been now talking all the time about crypto and the crypto guys are kind of laughing (laughs) about at 80 or 90% uh, price advance in two years. But for gold, it's been a very big move. this Mm -hmm. is like a old school, uh, super conservative market. Um, And and this was a big move. And this simply takes time to digest. Um, So um, people wondering like they print all this money and gold should be already uh, over 2,500 or even higher. And now here we are. And uh, it had a good start into the year but over the last uh, yeah, six, seven weeks, it's, it came down quite significantly, actually. But the- and, but then again, oh, yeah. it's still trading around 1800. So um, I don't see any, any worrisome developments here. Um, so I think you have to understand we had a strong two-year bull run. We are digesting this, correcting it. It's a retracement. It's a pullback could go maybe a little bit lower, 1725-ish, could still happen, but then again, we could also see a double double low where we've been last week around the 1760, 1770 kind of range. And um, silver is holding up much better than gold right. recently. Um, m- most of the mining stocks are rather pretty oversold at the moment, so that's an interesting contrarian kind of setup. And I very strongly of the belief that it's, this this digestion or correction in gold is basically just shaking off all the weak hands Mm. to then get ready for the next big move higher. And I'm actually pretty sure that over the next few weeks or maybe one to three months, we will see a significant low in gold and then a strong move higher again because we are in a bull market. There's, I think, no doubt about it. Um, In the short term, nobody really knows how low it can go, but I, I think either... We've seen a double bottom last week or 1725, more or less could be a, a price range where gold then turns around. And when you look how strong uh, silver is behaving and also platinum, um, yeah, you think it's probably happening earlier, uh, rather earlier than later. You have to remember that uh, the last 10 days, uh, Chinese new year activities or festivities over there. So nothing basically happened over there. They coming back next week. Let's see, I think, um, as you rightly said, uh, physically, it's in some parts of the world already hard to get, get it in your hands, or at least you have to pay rather high premiums, yeah. especially on silver coins. Um, and at some point, the physical market uh, will dictate kind of a floor, a price floor. And I think that's actually what's going on right now. Mm. Right? So. It, it's not been a, a steep and nasty ultra-fast sell-off in gold. It's been rather slow, a little bit lower, a little bit... Lower. It's been a hard work for the bears to make some progress, right? right? I mean, they look, the low in end of November was at 18, uh, 1765. Now, last week, the low was at 1760. So uh, two and a half months later, the bears managed to gain $5 more on the downside. <laughs> Congratulations. So it's not a big thing, you know? Um, um, so, And uh, the physical demand is there in all parts of the world, physical is tight, people have to understand that it, it takes 10 years to build a mine, lots mm. of money, lots of energy, lots of people, lots of time, unbelievable. And, and so you cannot simply increase uh, supply, um, and the same is true for all the other commodities and yeah. the battery metals, which is everything very exciting. As well, um, so I'm not worried at all. I, I think these prices right now in gold are a good good uh, price to buy. I think many of the mining stocks, the larger ones, are very interesting. Very likely in in the next bull run will be also the exploration and development stocks that will pick up and outperform. Mm. Um, so that's also an interesting uh, sector I'm looking at. And overall, I'm a big commodity bull. I think. Mm. You might have seen this, this long-term chart uh, of uh, the, the commodity index against the S&P 500. And you can see how undervalued basically, commodities are in, in, against stocks. And, and this is very likely to change over the next five to 10 years. Um, and that means gold, silver, platinum, copper, no. uranium is super hot over the last two months, um, lithium. Um, I am a big fan of rare earth. Graphite, mm. for example, um, this is all super interesting. And, and it is all has its place in a mixed diversified portfolio. And um, mm. I also think that once Bitcoin does pull back a little bit, um, you will see some money going back into precious metals.
1: Yeah, to store it away. 100%. makes sense. We just saw copper this week also really pick up this week. We yeah. had uh, right. There was a there was a a report from Goldman Sachs about the, the even though it's been a thesis that's been out there about how because uh, we had we had Janni Kovacevic, the CEO of um, of Copper Bank, and that was the first guy that really got me involved in the pressure the mining space and commodities, and he's been talking about the crunch and the issue with the supply and demand coming forward for years and years. And he's been setting himself up for this exact moment, and so it goes back again to this whole patience thing. If you develop a proper thesis and you you have a patient, you can see your three hundred percent, your five hundred percent, your returns, your thousand percent returns. Just right. a matter of patience and a proper developed thesis with your parameters in place.
2: No, Johnny is great. Uh, I know him very well, um, we are friends. And um, um, I, I totally agree with uh, with his opinion about electrification and the boom in, in commodities. What you need to know about the mining stocks however is it's a really tricky sector so um, you don't have these kind of bull runs like we're experiencing it now in in, in crypto Uh, it's a different type of thing Um, and it's even more important there that you have really a good timing and that you're really patient and that you buy low you have to really really wait until these kind of smaller stocks have been coming down and are somehow oversold. That's where you want to buy them. You don't want to buy them when they have been running higher 50 or 100% already because the pullbacks are very painful. And everybody who bought into gold mining stocks, for example, in, in last summer, maybe between June, July, and then even August and September, they're all underwater, at least 20, 30%. The smaller ones easily 40, 50, 60%. And then you're not in that position anymore where you can see clear, the big picture it's like the pain of the loss and the red in your portfolio is so big you just want to get rid of it and you forget about the big picture and about why you actually bought it you know? so you need to be very patient the mining uh, sector is a very challenging sector i have to say it's not necessarily always a good buy and hold kind of thing usually not always but Mm. often the best strategy is rather stay, staying in for a few months and then leave the, 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 the stock again or even the sector however if this is a larger bull market and i i think we are it it, it might be wise also just to have some of the big ones like the Rio tinto bhp Billiton mm. kind of thing and this these are stocks you can hold on for probably a wow. few years
1: you, we should expect a lot of M&A from them as well because they're going to have excess of cash flow. Uh, they're going to have, they, they, there's been no CapEx expenditure for a long time. So the only way for them to increase their, their supply and their revenues other than just price inflation will have to come through m and They won't exactly. really have much of a choice.
2: Exactly. So that's why I said, I think explorers and developers will be very mm-hmm. interesting in the next bull run in the precious metals. And um, usually gold and silver, especially gold is the first one to move the commodity bull market, and then you see copper is, is having a, a big run now, mm-hmm. uranium finally waking up, and, and there's still lots of value in, in the sector, I mean, it's definitely still a contrarian kind of thing, um, and, and given the, the, the rush and the pressure for ESG and electrification, people have no clue how much raw materials we mm-hmm. need.
0: It's pretty incredible too, because, you know, our generation is so focused on smartphones, technology, and they don't actually understand that, oh wait, there's a lot of, you know, precious metals or base metals that go into the development of this stuff.
1: Um, a, lot is gra- a, lot of st- a lot of things yeah. are taken granted. Right, right. Very, very much so. Um, I you guess- I have
2: to understand from a geopolitical mm-hmm. kind of perspective. Um, you have China, you have India, you have Russia, you have America, you have the Eurozone they all have certain interests and it's not going to be like it was that you could go in a different other country and you just mine the stuff and send it back home, you know.
1: so um, There's going to be a lot of self-interest from political perspectives moving forward because of the expansion, that the reserves are drying up, like copper reserves are drying up, smaller ratios, silver is drying up. So it would make sense from a geopolitical perspective that, that they get developed that self-interest perspective and they try to regulate or control some of their own resources for self-beneficial purposes.
2: They're becoming more and more a strategic asset. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that move happened in, a, in the States with the, with the strategic uranium asset uh, a reserve that has to be built by, by national miners basically. And you will see this in other, I mean, the discussions about the rare earth that all have to go currently to China uh, to be refined. Um, this will heat up as well. I mean, because this mm-hmm. is essential stuff even though maybe in one cell phone there is little, but <laughs> on the whole world, if everybody uses, we need millions of billions of cell phones, then uh-huh. it becomes really an issue. So, and then um,
1: it, it's something we even pointed out with Johnny was, if you get the expansion and electrification of let's say Africa and India, all those people alone, all the purchasing power, all the demand driving that in an electrification, just that alone will drive so much need for more metals. It's like, if you pay attention to the macro development and the future macro environment, that alone tells a beautiful story as to why you want to be involved in the space. Exactly.
2: Exactly. No, I'm a, I'm a huge commodity bull. Um, and, um, I love to to play that sector too. Huh? It's been maybe not so exciting recently, like the crypto space, obviously, but I think that will change again as well. Um, no trend stays forever. So when cryptos finally take a larger breather or go into multi-months, multi-year correction, maybe later that year or next year, then it's probably time for, for a commodity story uh, that goes really big. Like uh, the last commodity bull market, you saw oil running to $150, right? And that was the big story of, of the last commodity bull and obviously China. Um, let's see, I, I think the, the, the whole battery metal kind of sector is super exciting.
1: Where do you, where do you see silver going?
2: No, I think that silver will, will at some point during this year break out above 30. So this is mm-hmm. the resistance currently. Maybe it tests another two, three times. Maybe it manages to break out directly on the next try. Who knows, but uh, I think uh, over this year, it will break out above 30, probably until summer, and then it will quickly run until 50. Maybe it takes another breather over there or a pullback, but um, I think at least $50 in silver is very likely this year. And then over the next few years, I think uh, three-digit numbers are also very likely. I mean, silver is one of the few commodities that is still way below its 1980 high yeah exactly and i think it's very interesting also to understand that silver has been the first precious metals that have been demonetized more than 100 years ago sure. so before the introduction of the fed in 1913 and mm-hmm. the creation of the fiat money system which we are living today and which basically brought the the end of the the gold standard or the the closing of the gold window in in, in 1971. Silver had been demonetized in in the late 1890s. And and that was basically the first step. And uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see if uh, if silver can finally free itself from this kind of like, it's been a big uh, price manipulation. I think Mm -hmm. it's it's obvious and clear. Um, We know that in the earth there's like nine or 10 ounces of silver for every ounce of uh, gold. Last year in March at the Corona crash the, this ratio traded at 125 so completely out of balance with nature. Um, yes uh, silver is a byproduct of many of the larger copper mines and uh, uh, nickel and zinc uh, uh, mines but um, you see right now I mean there's massive physical demand for silver and as far as I can see from my studies, it's obviously very difficult to hold the price down. And we said it before already, silver has been stronger than gold over the last few weeks, which is not typical. We haven't seen that for quite some time. Usually silver is spiking towards the end of an uptrend or an upwave in the sector. Now we are not in an upwave because gold is kind of like moving sideways a little bit lower over the last uh, six months Um, And suddenly silver is showing so much strength. So I'm very positive on silver. And I think the best way is really buy it physically. Don't don't go for these ETF clickable silver and gold kind of things. I I think you're not doing yourself a favor. And you're actually not doing anything for the price to go up. So um, you want to buy the physical stuff. That's the easiest. You can sit through that. Um, Look, my grandfather, I mean, that's the best story. Really, uh, never met this guy 50 years ago and here I am, this ounce is still one ounce of gold. It still has value actually increased probably significantly. I guess he probably paid less than $100 for it. Today it's $1,800. It survived a full generation um, without any problem. Um, So I think physical silver is a great way and I'm, I'm strongly recommending that, especially in the combination then with digital Crypto assets like Bitcoin and other smaller coins. I think it's a very strong combination.
0: Hmm. I want to be cognizant of time because we're already, we've come up to close to an hour. And I know that it's almost (laughs) bedtime for you there in Dubai. Um, And we really appreciate you coming on here. But I just wanted to ask you one last question with regards to, you know, someone who's just starting off, just in general, like what is that one? First piece of advice that you would tell them to get started just in investing in general and then obviously if they want to become a day trader they certainly can
2: i think uh, keep your positions very small take 50 dollars and buy bitcoin take 50 dollars and buy silver <laughs> physically uh? and um, the beauty is once you start investing into something even if it's a small amount of money that suddenly will set free Extra, emo- extra motivation, extra time, extra energy to focus on that and learn about it. The problem is always if you just hear it in the media and they talk about something, and then you immediately think like, I have to put everything in Bitcoin. Is this a good decision or not? No, uh, make it much easier. Just take 50 bucks and, and start very small, figuring out uh, uh, how to buy it, where to buy it. And then you cannot make any expensive mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's already an important step. And um, once you are invested, you will immediately find yourself studying more of it, reading more, listening more. And there's so much good information available out there. Um, I understand that nowadays it's kind of like more overwhelming to find the right one. While when I started, it was like there's nothing. <laughs> So, um, uh, uh, but there is good research I think your, your podcast is good people can go to follow Mike Maloney I think he's, he has yeah. great videos just to, to learn about the, the basics uh, when it comes to crypto I, I think even on Tech is really good um, also what Raul Paul always does with the mm-hmm. videos on Real Vision I think they have a free uh, subscription as well is very yeah. helpful they can join our Telegram group they can follow our our weekly chart books on silver and on Bitcoin, where we always share good principles about the market. And um, yeah, just believe in yourself and do the step. I mean, that's also I think one of the important things. Uh, take it in your own hands. You know, nobody cares more for your money than yourself.
0: Exactly. That's honestly. I mean, it's we're 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 living in a great time right now too. And, you know, it's just so happens that the physical aspect of touching, you know, a metal actually has some value. And I feel like that's something that our generation is still trying to like, say, well, no, let me go touch Bitcoin and throw my life savings into there. So, uh, Floria, thank you so much. Um, I know that your time is precious. We really appreciate you coming Mm -hmm. on here today. This was very interesting. Um, everybody's got a story and I found, you know, your music background, how it linked to where you're at today was so interesting. So thanks so much for coming on. Where, uh, where can our listeners find you?
2: Yeah, just go to MidasTouch-Consulting.com minus and you will see also the link to our Telegram group. You can sign up for the free newsletter. So most of the stuff that we're doing is free. We have sponsors that basically pay for our work. So uh, I, I like the idea because, um, yeah, basically that's how I started. Um, I know how difficult it is to get, get good research. And then often you end up subscribing to 10 different newsletters. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you don't follow, follow any of those in, in like the full strategy You buy a little bit of this newsletter and a little bit of that. And in the end, you just create a mess. So um, we wanted to keep this free for, for the people because that's really what basically my mission is. I wanna help people. Cause I know how hard it is. Uh, I've been there myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah.
1: Well, thanks thank for having me. <laughs> thanks for coming on Florian. Well, we'll have you on again for sure.
2: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: Thanks. Cool. Stay safe. Thanks for listening,
1: everybody. We'll see you next week. Ciao guys. Thank you.
0: Thank you.